service on the go policy info in the app it is easy to geico my name is daniel doc joined by stefania bell and field jates here for a big tuesday recap we got monday night football we're gonna dive into we got a bunch of injuries we're gonna talk about we got waiver wire we're gonna dive into as well plus a fun little game at the end called stop drop and roll which will be a lot of fun but first and foremost stefania i have not seen you in almost Forever. a week because i have I not been here so it's good to see your face multiple yeah. weeks right you. yeah nice to see you too you are still you are bundled up yeah, we're, it, we're still fighting we're, through. We're navigating yeah. through. Yeah, winter came early for you. Um, you know, you started the, uh, open the show by saying insurance is hard. Do you know what else is hard? What? Mike Clay's Eagles beating my 49ers Whoa. did not happen. Wow. Mike Clay and I had a little wager. I know. You have did. you actually paid that off yet? No, or you no? Know, no, he, but he, he is a good sport. Okay. He, is he a good sent sport. me a text yeah. almost immediately saying congratulations mm. and uh, that dinner was on him okay. before in advance of the in advance of what he expects will be a rematch we shall see. Oh. So let me ask you this then. Do you pay it off before the rematch because if they rematch oh. and the Eagles win, oh, I feel like the shine's taken off of this past Sunday a little bit, right? Yeah, no, no, the dinner's before. Okay. The dinner's, uh, before. The dinner's okay. before. There's like, no doubt so as I can soon as thoroughly this week yeah, type thing. I'm just thoroughly going to enjoy okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Do you I have a list paid, of the most I'm, expensive restaurants in the exactly. area? Exactly. It's where we're starting. I don't know them, but I can Google them. Yeah. I feel like that's actually very much up your wheelhouse. I, your I wheelhouse, know. Right? I already have them. Maybe I'll head to Millwrights. Oh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> I, I like it. shout out Tyler Honestly, Anderson. Field, we really need to get you involved here because Mike's a Eagles fan. Stefania's yeah. a 49ers fan. I'm a Lions fan. You probably just need to be a Cowboys fan for the rest of the season. So <laughs> Actually, all of the- not a bad idea. I'll be the adopted Cowboys fan. You know, think about it, though. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that bold because there are not that many Cowboys fans out there, oh, right? Yeah, like, there's sure. not that yeah, many people few. in, like, random very corners few. of the country. Yeah. So I feel like that would be, like, actually too audacious. Like, I want to go for a team that, that, that you know, that everybody roots for. Like, I'm in on the Falcons, right? Yeah, like, you know, definitely. typical Falcons <clears throat> fan, right? So totally. uh, current NFC South division leading Falcons. Yeah, so. I know. Uh, yeah, that, that division, a, that, I'll tell crazy, you what, yeah. crazy all right, talk. Okay. let's dive into some Monday night football in all honesty, and we're going to get into a bunch of stuff. we got a bunch of injury things we'll get to. This was a really fun game for the majority <laughs> of this game. For all of it. Jake Browning was fantastic out there slinging it. So proud of that kid, man. 32 of 37 for 354 passing yards, plus a touchdown and a rushing touchdown field jates. I did not have this on my bingo card. For Jake Browning filling in for Joe Burrow. Nor did I. And the lesson, the reminder from last night is that so often we speak about things in absolutes. We were talking about what this Bengals offense just sort of on paper looks like relative to what it was with Joe Burrow. And I said, like, it feels like about a touchdown worse without Joe Burrow with Jake Browning instead in her center especially after how he looked last week. Yep. And then last night, Monday Night Football, biggest stage in the regular season in the NFL. He had a game for the ages, over 350 passing so yards, good. over 85% completion percentage, nearly 27 fantasy points, the fourth highest scoring quarterback in the NFL this week. I mean, we're talking about way ahead of guys that are super duper stars, right? I mean, like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and guys you'd expect to be top five quarterbacks almost every week. Maybe less so Mahomes this year, but you get the point. Sure, sure. Did not hold a candle to Jake Browning's performance on Monday Night Football. And it, uh, to me, this is incredibly important. 
because oh, quarterback four. I was I was wondering where he ended where did he up. finish? Yeah, yeah quarterback top five. Wow. Top five for the week. So yeah. quarterback four Oof. ahead of Jalen Hurts, ahead of Patrick Holmes, Justin Herbert. The list goes on and on and on. Behind only Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Geno Smith. Wouldn't have guessed that? that one coming <laughs> yeah. in the week. Yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, second yeah. highest scoring quarterback of the week behind only Geno Smith. But this is so important, Daniel, because I'm not necessarily ready to say that Jake Browning automatically becomes a starting quarterback in a 10-team league going forward. Sure. But what I am here to say is that the concerns that I had about mm. Jamar Chase yep. have all of a sudden be, been assuaged <laughs> a little bit. And yep. what we talked about with Jamar Chase was that he's still Jamar Chase. Like You can't bench Jamar Chase, but we had two incredibly not subtle reminders this week of why you play your stars in the first and the last game of the weekend, right? DK Metcalf goes off for three touchdowns on Thursday night. Jamar Chase goes off for 11 catches and a touchdown last night. You're going to have to ride the wave like they play for the 49ers on occasion. It wasn't a great week the week prior with Jamar Chase. Just four catches, two of which came off deflections. But if Jake Browning's confidence, which you can imagine is at a, like the peak of its potential yeah. after last night, continues over into this upcoming week against the Colts, you feel really good about Jamar Chase. And I just, when I updated my rankings, because I, I do my initial run before Monday Night Football, and then I do a second run after the game is over, Jamar Chase right back inside my top 10 after being closer to number, I think 17 was where he was in the initial rankings before they went up. Yeah, with these 12 targets that you get here, and it was very obvious that he was locked in on Jamar and basically just Jamar Chase. I know yeah. Tyler Boyd got a few, but T. Higgins felt like the odd man out within that offense too, which was yeah. disappointing. But... If you're a Jamar Chase manager, you are thrilled with having Jake Browning under center. And it wasn't just him. It was also Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon, who uh, early in the game, the first drive, Chase Brown got two of the first three carries. And you're like, wait, is the turning of the tide upon us? Joe Mixon, who has been incredibly inefficient so far this season, which not like Joe Mixon hasn't been inefficient in the past, but it had been bad. It was as bad as it could have been two games ago against the Steelers when I think he had eight carries for 13 yards. Instead, it turns out that Chase Brown has six carries for 31 yards and Joe Mixon goes off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finds the end of multiple times and looked the best he has looked all season in my estimation. Yeah. I thought so. One of those that where he got in the end zone too, like he worked for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that was what was most impressive to me was how he looked uh, rushing the ball because that's the thing that I haven't really seen. Yeah, it was nice to be able to see that. A lot of volume, still getting work in the passing game, which you love to see as well. That's very important here. But you mentioned it before, Chase Brown, 9 for 61. I'm sorry, 9 for 60. I said 6 for, for 6. 31, but 6 for 31, I, but whatever. By 9, nine, for, meant, 61. nine for 61. Yes. Now that this has happened, yeah. like Chase Brown isn't going to just disappear in this offense, right? This was too good for him to just... He, I'm not saying this is going to be a committee or a timeshare, no, but, but he's going to absolutely be a part of this running back, you know, corporation, I think, at this point. We're at the point of the year where you have just two teams left on a bye. And if that's the case, all right, with that being the case, if you have all of your stars that have played, like if you don't have a commander or a cardinal, which... It's what it's it's really kind of but just a handful of them, Jerry right? Maybe uh, like maybe, right? It's yeah. like it's it's Brian Robinson and like maybe and like James Conner recently and Kyler and Trey McBride. That's Trey about McBride, it, right? Yeah. Um, you're saying to yourself like I, I've already played my stars on their buy or my, my stars buys already behind us. Like I can go grab some players from my bench that might be useful. And if something happens to Joe Mixon, Chase Brown would be very useful. Very Beyond useful. that, though, like I don't think he's a must-add because he's not going to have a fantasy-relevant role. I wouldn't forecast right now. Zero targets last night for Chase Brown. Seven turned into six catches for Joe Mixon. It's still going to be him playing, meaning Mixon, 
most of the snaps and getting most of the pass game utilization out of the backfield. Yep. On the other side of the ball, we saw that with Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne continues just to be the guy. 11 carries, 45 yards and a touchdown. Plus good passing game work again. Four four catches for 34 yards. Good enough for 17.9 fantasy points. Travis Etienne is just locked in. Period. As a as a top ten running back for me, with the volume that he is getting in this offense, I don't see that changing. We'll have some questions as we talk about Trevor Lawrence moving forward with this offense. But honestly, everything when you looked at this Jaguars offense, most of the game with Trevor Lawrence, what do you think, Field? Uh, I thought Trevor Lawrence looked pretty sharp until he got hurt late yeah. in the game. As Defiant can fill us in on that, this is back to back to back games now with Trevor Lawrence at twenty five fantasy points or more and another rushing touchdown. So he's not got four in the past three games. Uh, after being a non-factor as a runner prior to that. And with the Jaguars, one thing you like on this on, on paper for this team is that they're very sort of cut and dry in terms of uh, like who's going to play. Yeah. It's going to be obviously Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be a lot of Evan Ingram, three wide receiver sets, and it's going to be, unless someone's hurt, it's going to be Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Zay Jones. We'll talk about an injury there in just a moment. And then it's going to be the ETN show. So yep. it's like very straightforward here. But Lawrence, back-to-back-to-back games, looking razor sharp. Before I can tell you he's a starter, though, in week 14, Stefania. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Okay. I want to save that for the for when we the get to the full injury, injury roundup. Yeah. But I do want to give you some flowers here, Field, because we were texting last night, me, you, and Mike, as soon as Evan Ingram got in the end zone, it was like, he finally did it, man. Finally. We're so we proud of this him. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it yesterday. We had a feeling it was going to happen, and... uh it finally happened. It, it finally right. happened for Evan Ingram and nine catches for 82 yards. The part that stinks for Evan Ingram is that, um, like, I hope that people don't feel like he's been a negative this year in fantasy Yeah. because even without scoring a touchdown in the first 12 weeks of the season, he had been so good and he finally paid off in the end zone last night. And he is a reminder of how he is still one of the top six to seven tight ends in all of fantasy on a week in week out basis. I realized that he has, this was only his first touchdown, but like this season is very much who Evan Ingram is. He is a chain mover. He's not a big touchdown maker. He's never been a big, yeah. big touchdown maker. Right. He has always been a chain mover. A lot of targets within this offense you're going to see that up potentially again this year so uh very cool to be able to see him get in the end nine zone catches on nine targets right i know it was great crazy fantastic especially at the I tight think end position Mike Clay would call that efficiency that, yeah that is very <laughs> efficient yeah. yeah you know and just a little plug for fantasy football now because travis Etienne was question mark coming into the monday night game we talked about it we talked about being confident that he was going to play there were a lot of hints from the jaguars ahead of time that he would be good to go on monday night and he certainly was and it wasn't a flag like it wasn't a decoy situation yep. he yep. was very much involved in the game and looked good so i think that's a good sign going forward as well heck yeah all right, Stefania, let's talk some injuries, unfortunately, yeah. as a part of this game. Yeah, I just want to let people know that we have Excuse a few me, more takeaways from this game, but they are dependent upon the injuries that took exactly. place in this game. And uh, Calvin Ridley, um, my Zay Jones theory is over. It had yeah. a good run. He had four catches. He had eight targets. He had a couple rushing attempts as well. I'm not sure what to tell you on Calvin Ridley. He had a long catch at the end of the game that didn't count because of a holding penalty. Yes, that's that, correct. That would have felt really that nice. That would made you feel like the Zay Jones theory held up. A little a, bit. A very yeah. weird end of this game. Goes into overtime. I mean, um, actually, before we get to the interest, one last thought here. Go ahead, Field. Go ahead. If you're out there right now, head coaches, and I'm sure all 32 listen to this program. Most of them do, yeah. They Zach do. Taylor, I'm sure, listens to this program. <laughs> we need to eliminate wide receivers throwing the football. I totally agree. Cincinnati had 
two wide receivers throw the ball last it was night. So bad. Was so Jamar Chase threw a negative eight yard completion. He was the good receiver. That was the good one. Yeah. <laughs> it was and better than the uh, interception. Tyler right, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. And the coaching point there is so obvious. Like when you have a play in an NFL playbook or any football playbook for that matter, it'll be drawn out and it'll have the various assignments. And there will always be a little section that says coaching points. <laughs> and the coaching point for Tyler Boyd is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. If the ball, if sorry, if, if you, and if, for those that missed it, Tyler Boyd caught a pass behind the line of scrimmage and then was trying to throw it back across the field to Joe, a, Mixon, to Joe Mixon, who had a convoy of blockers ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. The problem was that in between that convoy <laughs> and Tyler Boyd was Josh Allen, right. not the Bills quarterback, but no. the Jaguars no, edge rusher. 6'5", 280 yeah. pound Josh One of the Allen. best players on their Who's defense. Unbelievable. Yeah. And by the way, other Jaguars as well. The coaching point there is this. <laughs> if you see trouble, you take the ball. You look the other way yep. and you throw it as far as you can into the stands and you mm-hmm. get fined if that's what it comes down to. Or you take a sack. I never understood this field. I love that you're saying this. So, so many times I watch what seems like a wide receiver get the football or a running back at the football. It's supposed to be a pass play. And then it's like when the play's not there, it's like, why don't you do what the quarterback does? Throw it out of bounds. You don't lose yards. You don't get sacked. You don't run out of bounds 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. There what was, are we doing here? There was, this happened one time and you guys are going to have to help me with when, but I think it was this season yeah. where, where, and was it, would it have been Amari Cooper? I don't remember. Somebody had the ball okay. and they were going, they were doing exactly that. They were scheduled to pass the yep. ball. And it wasn't there. I think it maybe it was last year. But so they threw it up trying for it to go out of bounds, but it ended up either getting picked. You know, something happened where they thought, like, I'm throwing out of bounds, and then they realized their arm strength yeah. was not capable mm-hmm. of doing the deep throw out of bounds. So let's whatever work it was. On that, people. Yeah. Yeah, so no, let's just, again, just not a good idea. That, that's no matter bef- what. In the huddle, when the, before the play is called, if, if the coach knows it's coming soon, alert the player. Yeah. In the huddle, Jake Brown has to say, whatever the play call is, you know. Tyler, if it's not there, if it's not there, it. just yes, can't. Right, let me throw the picks. Yep. All right. That's, that's my job as the quarterback to throw the interceptions, not you, the wide receiver. So all the coaches out there that are listening right now, like I get it. They're desperate. They're down to their backup quarterback in a crazy game. It was a 21, 14 game at that point. Yeah, that's the thing. They were up seven. They were up seven. Yeah. You could hear it. Uh, Joe Buck, who's you know, obviously him and Troy are the best ever. And like when Joe's voice, like crescendoed after it was picked. <laughs> you could tell that it was simultaneous, like, you know, the excitement that is required to project during a big play with like, what the heck? You know what are they doing out there right now? I love, I was actually just going to ask you, did you watch Joe and Troy or did you watch Peyton and Eli? Because if you watch Peyton and Eli, oh. they were losing their minds. <laughs> I mean, Two quarterbacks being, being like, why not, are we letting yeah. wide receivers ever throw the football? What are they doing? It was yeah. exactly that the was, It was, was so yeah, good. Was. And Troy said the thing I think we all think, which is, when it works, you're a genius. You're, exactly. And when it doesn't work, it's like, why was that what even in doing? the playbook? Why was that even an opportunity? <laughs> and it's so true. Fair or unfair, that's how it goes. This is one of those things, Field. You always got to have an insurance option in case you don't have someone available, which is going to lead us into a couple of bills there we, we got to go. pay yeah. here, Field. All right, let's do that. And then we'll talk about a couple of more Jaguars because there was one there that really few piqued we my talk interest about last night. But first, Home Auto, Prize Sports Memorabilia. Whatever you need to protect, Geico can help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. Do you guys smell that? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It is college football season. Log off your Saturday. Swipe a sweep Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. 
That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, Stefania, let's dive into a big injury report. We will oh, yeah. start with this Monday Night Football is, game. News is still coming in. I mean, I know, it's I'm like, my literally, phone. I keep, I'm, I'm same, right? same, yeah. same. So obviously, uh, just in case you did not watch Monday Night Football, Trevor Lawrence went down last night, got rolled up on by his own offensive lineman. It looked very painful. You could tell that he was in a lot of pain. He was very frustrated. What can you tell us not only about the potential injury, Stefania, but anything that you know about maybe recovery at this point? Yeah, his ankle got pinned underneath him and then it was a forceful landing on top of it. So it was the position of his foot, which was rotated outward relative to his leg and then the weight on top of it. Just a really unfortunate situation. You could mm-hmm. tell how much pain he was in. He tried to get up and couldn't, went to one knee, threw his helmet in frustration. Uh, had to be helped off by two members of the medical personnel and walking very slowly and was yeah. on crutches after the game. Uh, the plan is for additional testing to go on throughout today. I expect that he'll get an MRI, but this had all the looks of, you know, some, a, a bad ankle injury, potentially a high ankle sprain. You always worry about what is the soft tissue damage, whether there's any bony injury, we don't know. But what I would say right now for fantasy purposes is I would anticipate at least, I mean, it's hard to say without knowing the content of what the specifics are, what kind of time frame. Sure. But it certainly has the looks of something that will cause him to miss a couple of weeks. At, at least this week, you should make other plans. If you at least Lawrence, this week, correct? you should make other plans. Okay. And the thing is, sometimes, again, these things surprise us. We saw Aaron Jones. I will just remind people. We saw Aaron Jones get carted off. He thought it was a season-ending injury. He said later he thought it was an ACL. Now, Granted, he's been out since, but he had an MCL sprain far less significant than what it could have been, which is why we don't want to speculate. Something could surprise us. But I would certainly be making plans based on the fact that he looked like he had so much difficulty moving. The nature of the injury on crutches afterwards does not look like he's going to be ready to go soon. Yeah. All right. So what this means for the Jaguars wide receivers is, and with all apologies to Jake Browning, what I said about him last week is a downgrade, right? I mean, uh, so they turned to CJ Bathard last night. He completed nine of 10 passes for 63 yards, but we're talking about, you know, a number one overall pick just a couple of years ago that was billed as perhaps this franchise altering player. And Trevor really has been that. I mean, this team prior to last night had won 13 of its past 16 games. They are very good is Jacksonville. So yeah, has me a bit concerned and you think about the up and down nature of Calvin Ridley like it probably leans more down than up if you have CJ Beathard under center meanwhile and we'll let this segue into the next injury here yeah, yeah. Christian Kirk, Kirk is now banged up as well and that took one play one, one yeah. offensive snap and he made the catch God, yeah you know shout out to him but went down with what was an obvious groin injury we've talked about this is where the drop came from of how my finger is yep. that guys it's just instinctive reach for the groin like it, because the groin muscles attach to the bone there. And usually when it tears, it tears very close to that bone. Mm. And so your immediate instinct is to try and hold the muscle still, hold the, hold it down. And so when you see a guy fall and they immediately reach for the groin area, it, it, it's the giveaway that some there's been some kind Something, of damage there. Yeah. Um, and again, very painful. And he, he did not return to the game. So that was tough. Stay tuned. But didn't look great. Didn't He's look another great. one. I would yeah. be making a plan. It's hard to anticipate a soft tissue injury like that. 
that he would just be back. We already, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no, you go. We, we already saw with, especially with Jamal Agnew going on IR, we yeah. watched this Jaguars team bring up Parker Washington to be one of the wide receivers to fill yes. in. Got in the end zone actually last night as well. On an incredible, incredible catch. catch. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, so jinx good. right there. Yeah. So for those that Find don't know Coke. Parker Washington, yeah. <laughs> if you know Penn State, hashtag we are, this kid was a baller. He was a six round pick last year Yep. for the Jaguars or this past April, I should say. He spent some time on IR as well. And all of a sudden, he's been thrust into a real role for Jacksonville. I was telling you earlier how, like, Jacksonville just wants to play 11 personnel. Evan Ingram plus three receivers on the field at all times. That's it. It's going to be Parker Washington now. You have my attention, Mr. Parker Washington, in a deep league. And I I need to be careful because I understand that so much of our audience is geared towards probably people playing in 10 or 12 team leagues. I'm not at the point where I'm playing him in a 10 or 12 team league. But if you're one of those maniacs like us who is sitting there on the waiver wire in the Scott Fishbowl trying to decide whether we want to pick up Peyton Manning or Dan Marino as our quarterback fill-in this week, then you do consider crazy things (laughs) like potentially playing someone like Parker Washington and an interesting dynasty name to note as well. We have no idea what's going to happen with Calvin Ridley, but Ridley, a free agent this offseason, Zay Jones going into the final year of his deal next year. Mm. Parker Washington, a name to keep an eye on, was really good last night, and I think it's going to have a real role in this offense going forward. I don't think the fact that he hasn't been playing much is exclusively because of the injury. It's just because they have a really good receiver depth. Yeah, Uh, and they have remained remarkably healthy uh, compared to some other teams at that position. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rostered in 0.0% of leagues, so completely available in every <laughs> no, league. That's actually not true. Um, he is rostered one? in one league. Oh, yeah? <laughs> not me. Uh, Josh Dobbs rosters him. Do you know why? No, why? For Cousins. Shut up. Cousins. That's wow. so dope. Josh Dobbs, is, Parker Washington. Yeah. Is Parker Washington also an aerospace engineer? Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, it's actually Parker's sister works in scouting in the NFL. His sister is a rising star for the Bears. Yeah, very much an NFL family. So uh, that's incredible. A lot of football family in there. Sister Ashton works for the Bears and their scouting department. So they've got plenty of football in this family. Wow. Cool story. That That is is a really cool cool story. story. I love things. I love these full circle stories, as you guys know. So uh, maybe too. Maybe Ashton plays fan. I don't know if you can play fantasy football as a scout or not. Scout. Yeah. Maybe two leagues. That would be that. You can play as a player, dope. right? I mean, Eckler talks about it all the time. So yes, yes, I yeah. know you can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, I'm pretty sure that Sean McVay talked about it again this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well so I good. mean, he pretty much did. He yeah. said, Kyron Williams on his fantasy team. And I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. Sean's the best. Ah, uh, he is. All right. So we get through both of those. And unfortunately, right, we we're hoping for better days for Trevor Lawrence and for this team. By the way, really quickly, these Jaguars, they get the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. That's part of the problem with. Bethard specifically right now. Now you're your yeah. backup quarterback against two of the best two pass defenses in the defenses. NFL. Good luck. They're eight and four. The AFC playoff race is insane. Yeah. Insane. Really yep. Insane. Like, like the, all of a sudden you've got teams like Cincinnati, Buffalo, Denver, all six and six. That's crazy. Like Cincinnati and Buffalo are six and six. And, and there's a, there's that? a, there's a real shot that all of them will miss the playoffs. And instead, it'll be, you know, the Browns. It could be the Browns. It could be the, I'm probably forgetting somebody here. Maybe take that back. But, oh, Browns, Colts, Texans, Steelers all have better records. Like, three of those four could get in, and all three of those teams. And especially in the case of Cincinnati and Buffalo, we would have thought playoff locks coming into the season. crazy. Might be on the outside looking in. Meanwhile... The Falcons might host the Cowboys in week one of the playoffs. Stop, <laughs> I'm serious. I know how crazy it's crazy. That. Playoffs are, are a ridiculous thing. All right, let's dive that's into a few love, more things. That's here, why Stephanie. we love That's why we love yeah. football. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we got Derrick Henry. Conflicting reports here. We saw that he left with a concussion, but then this morning I read that it wasn't a concussion, Stefania. So I'm looking for some updates from you. What is the latest? Yes, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be talking about this again because it's a 
moment to offer a little bit of clarity on what happened. So there is the concussion uh, protocol that is the game day okay. concussion protocol. So when a player is suspected of having a concussion, whether it's a player identifies it, another player, referee, a call down from the spotter, and a player goes off to the blue tent to be evaluated, sometimes directly to the locker room, sometimes the blue tent, and then the locker room. That is, they, the players immediately entered into that game day protocol where they are being evaluated to determine whether or not they suffered a concussion. Sometimes after the evaluation, the player is cleared to return. Sometimes the player is held out. Uh, Derek Henry's incident occurred late. and It was late in the game. It was in the fourth quarter. He left mm-hmm. to be evaluated. So perhaps that was part of what led to some of the confusion because it was late in the game. Mike Vrabel said yesterday that Derek Henry did not suffer concussion, in fact, had a workout on Monday. So what that tells me is that he was not diagnosed with a concussion after the evaluation. They always follow up with players the next day to make sure symptoms didn't return, that there's not something that reappeared if they've been cleared. Okay. But the player, if not diagnosed with a concussion and no further symptoms, is not in the concussion protocol, protocol. Yeah. for that, you know, for the following after suffering a concussion, like with the diagnosis of one. So there's the game day one, then there's the one that happens afterward. So when Mike Rabel said he is not in the concussion protocol, That's that why. is what he okay. means. So the good news, usually that workout consists of something cardiovascular to stress them, see if it reproduces symptoms. If not, and they can progress forward, they will then participate in light activity, drills, Potentially trimmed drills and then clearance to return. So possible that you have Derrick Henry back this week. So I think it's still worth adding Tajay Spears. So we'll talk about more of the waiver section, but uh, just a good reminder of how these uh, concussion protocols work and maybe how they can be confusing to the layperson who is not intimately familiar with them. Right. And also just again, to reminder that they're always monitoring, like there is the potential for a setback in a day or two. So uh, non-linear. There you go. Monday night football this week. So hopefully that extra day can get, fantasy managers that have Derrick Henry a little bit of reprieve there. Yeah. Opposite of that part would be a short week, right, Daniel? Yeah, exactly. Short right. week. Like Lermonde Street, hey. Lermonde Stevenson. <laughs> been dealing oh, with I see. Injury. See so what you guys did there. You guys are such Tag team. good Yeah, Pack I know. Tino. You know how to carry this forward. Okay. Was this another one of those hip drop tackle situations? It was. It was indeed. And this is, uh, again, that's why it's a point of conversation. We won't uh, we won't belabor that here, but I can guarantee you that there will be plenty of discussion in the offseason. People have seen me tweet about it. Um, the league is studying it. That's that's, that's where, where we are. Okay. That's where we are collecting data as they did last year. Uh, it will be an ongoing conversation with the competition committee. Nothing is decided uh, unilaterally when it comes to this. So just want to make that point, too. It's not like the league's going to come in and mandate something. Um, it is a point of study at right now. But what we have seen is that when there are injury results, and this is why it is being looked at, because the injuries tend to be significant. Uh, and typically they're in the form of this, a high ankle sprain, uh, sometimes a high ankle sprain and a fracture, like happened with Mark Andrews. Uh, in the case of Ramondre Stevenson, a high ankle sprain is what is being reported, and he's expected to miss multiple weeks, as you would expect with a moderate uh, one of those. With him, yeah, that is tough. <laughs> we will save our Zeke conversation for a little bit yep. later on in the waiver segment, but we will talk about him there. Stefania, another thing, Mark Cooper 
came down with a concussion in the or was in the concussion concussion yeah. protocol after leaving the game in the second quarter. What's the latest that you have? On and him? was reportedly diagnosed with a concussion. Okay. So he will then enter uh, that five phase uh, protocol for uh, return, which we discussed a minute ago. So yep. it has to clear all those steps, plus get the independent uh, neurological consultant to clear if he is going to be eligible to return. Since Deshaun Watson went down, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 65, averaging 5.8 fantasy points per game without Deshaun Watson under center. Amari Cooper has been really tough. We'll talk about potentially Elijah Moore with Joe Flacco under center and waivers just in case we have no more Amari Cooper this week as well. Stefania Hollywood Brown came into this game dealing with a heel injury, then left with a heel injury. Was this the same heel or is this a yeah, different heel? It sounds like it was an aggravation of the existing okay. problem, okay. but uh, you know he had come in with an issue the week before and played through it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there was much concern initially, but then ends up leaving. And so stay tuned. Stay we'll tuned find out one. this week. Yeah. They're on a bye this week, actually. So probably yeah, well, in, uh, oh, that's in right. Game is They're one of the, the two off. teams that's left. Right. Yeah. Arizona and Washington. Washington. Yep. 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 So uh, no Hollywood Brown practice update this week. And he has two or fewer targets in three of his past four it's games. Bad. As a matter of fact, zero, one, and two targets in three of his past four mm -hmm. games. So We thought they were finally, you know, catching fire. Yep. You know, well, Kyler Trey Murray being McBride reunited. Is but, catching fire. Well, and Trey McBride came into that game hurt. And you wouldn't Didn't have known it. it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. look it. No, 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 no. So, and unfortunate for uh, Hollywood Brown, who's had his share of low extremity injuries, yeah. but... Another wide receiver is Stefania, and this one just really sucks. We talked about it yesterday really quickly. Tank Dell, fractured fibula, is going to be out for this season. He has been unbelievable as a rookie. When you're looking at what it means as far as surgery and recovery for an injury like this, what are we looking at for Tank Dell? Well, he's, uh, they've already reported he's done for the season. He had his surgery on Monday. It was, if you saw the injury, he just got pinned in a really awkward way. I mean, Bodies just don't bend like that, unfortunately. Yeah. And and when you're when you're this is always the worry is when your foot and your foot and ankle are trapped, there's just nowhere for that energy to go. And that's mm -hmm. what usually ends up in the bone failing and you get a fracture. He had surgery. The good news is recovery from this is strong. There's a strong history of this. Uh, he's young. And he's got plenty of time. So being done for the season gives him all of this time to recover for next year. So very good outlook for him uh, going forward. Just just feel for him because he was having such a terrific season. This is probably a dumb question, but a lot no, of times when no players players get hurt right now in December, it's like we're worried about like, are they going to be ready for training camp? But a lot of times we're talking ACLs, MCLs, stuff like that. When it comes with a broken bone, you're not worried about that kind of timeline. Are you like, don't bones heal faster or am I just, they, no, they do. And there's a more predictable pattern for bone healing. Okay. So when there's a fracture, we talk about a four to six week recovery for uh, bone to heal. Uh, when you have surgery, it means that they, they needed some kind of hardware to stabilize that fracture. And, and usually, you know, it depends on where you are in the seasonal calendar sure. that often drives what, what you can expect. But in the case of this type of injury, it's not just the bone healing. It's then that you have to get the joint mobility and you have to get the strength around it. So whereas someone like Dallas Goddard could potentially come back after a fractured forearm because it's really just get the bone healing and there's not too much you're worried about uh, in terms of muscular involvement, you explosiveness, when, your right? Arm. And, yeah. and this, okay. when it's a lower extremity ankle injury, like Tony Pollard, who had the he had a, f a fracture with his injury, and remember, it took quite a few months as a running back to get back everything he needed, even though the fracture itself was well healed. Sure. Okay. Thank so you thank for you for asking, that. and not a dumb question. No such thing. Last one that we have. Well, I'll put that to the test. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure I can get you some dumb questions. One more is uh, Kenny Pickett underwent ankle surgery. 
out for the season. Same question kind of as Tate. Oh, we shall not see. Out for the season. We shall see. All right. Mike Tomlin said it, it, it was not season ending, right? Yeah. Well, and so here's the thing. Do we yeah. trust Mike Tomlin? What's his coach um, speak index? No. Strong. Mike, Mike, Mike Tomlin's coach speak index is strong, but um, also he did describe it as ankle soreness coming into this. And yes. it, it had to be a little bit more than just sore. That's the based most on sore what, ankle ever. Right. Yeah. And he probably was dealing with something um, that was a little bit more than soreness. But hey, when you get when you're talking about low grade uh, joint sprains, um, that look, the common side effect is that you're sore. So yeah, fair yeah. enough. That being said, uh, he, he got his foot in an awkward position that stressed that high ankle area. He ends up with a high ankle sprain that is severe enough to warrant surgery, underwent the tightrope procedure. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Cooper cup is one of the players that we, we talked about when he had tightrope surgery. Now in when they have these type of ankle injuries, you're really looking at the spectrum of what was involved. And if it was really primarily ligaments at what we call the syndesmosis, which is where the two lower That's leg bones join together, it is a word. Yeah, um, a word. Then yeah, the tightrope procedure, the idea is that you're basically stabilizing that area immediately by okay. putting that little construct in there and reinforcing it. It helps provide stability while the ligaments continue to heal. But that stability allows you to then move through the rehab process fairly quickly. So the wound's got to heal. Then you start getting aggressive with the rehab. It's possible he could return within a few weeks. And Kenny Pickett had the same injury to the other side when he was at Pitt, had surgery, came back in 26 days. That's kind of the marker of where you're seeing the Mm -hmm. earliest returns on these. So I would throw that in there as... You know, a best case scenario would be right around that three to four week window. So possibly season ending, but not guaranteed to be season ending right, right now. They're hopeful have returned before then. What are the right. Steelers playing for right now? Are they uh, still in the playoff hunt? Very much. Oh, yeah, yeah very much so. Which is they got to take care of business know, tomorrow yeah. night. I'm sorry, Thursday night uh, against the Patriots. They're playing in Pittsburgh. That's a winnable game, obviously. I think very it's, winnable game. it's also important. You know, they, he, he obviously was in a lot of pain after this. So mm-hmm. it may have been that this was the number one route to go anyway. But by doing this quickly, it also helps facilitate his chances of being vexed. You know, like it's not like, well, let's see how you do it. And they also potentially had given him a chance to see how he did. And then in that game, immediately it's worse. It's like, okay, we got to take care of this um, with surgery right now. Football's weird this year, man. I don't like there. There have been so <laughs> many crazy storylines. Like Lots I can't believe that they're injuries. seven and five, and the Bills with Josh Allen, who was not hurt, are six and six. Yeah. Like what a weird. So many weird things to look at this year, Stefania. Uh, check the quarterbacks they've played, and that will describe to be you why, why they've they been go. different, uh, a little different. And then of course the Steelers draw Bailey Zappi on Thursday night. So. Yeah, well, uh, and the Steelers with Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky yeah. against. Bailey Zappi, yeah, and, and coming that, off of a zero point performance, and that Patriots offense, yeah. How's that game look? Those island, Low. those Thursday <laughs> Island games where it's Bailey Zappi versus Mitch Trubisky is going to be a tough one for mm. me. We might need. This is where we needed two Thursday night football games rather than two Monday night no, football. This is games. where we needed to live on the West Coast. That's so at least the game starts you. at five. You're right, right or I'm five not staying up yeah. until eleven thirty to watch this. All right, follow we'll Stefania at under, Stefania underscore ESPN on the X for all of the injury updates throughout the week. We're going to continue to have more as they trickle in. Let's talk waivers, though. As a part of this, Stefania, obviously you're trying to replace some of these Listen, guys that we just talked about. He referenced a fishbowl earlier. I was like, maybe I was looking at Chase Brown as a desperation pickup, you know, to add to you the list. Stefania still in the playoffs here. So are you. That's right. But you're at 155th overall after the second round. So you've got yourself a nice little 200 
222 nice. points buffer to work with going into round three. I've been five, navigating injuries. It's the Aaron biggest Jones drop off uh, this upcoming week. So yeah. 500 teams will be eliminated this week in the Scott Fish Bowl. So wow. hopefully Stefania and I are part of the 500. Hopefully. They're not eliminated. Al Shout Zodden out Feld to also Scott Fish there. and Fantasy yeah, Cares, course, by the yeah, way, totally. for all the good work that they yep. do. 100%. My cousin Griffey, who, of course, if you listen to this show, <laughs> you've heard so, of. Yeah. So eliminated lovely. by minus 0.88 no. points. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. Less than a point that's away painful. from advancing. So and he, he might be the nicest person on the planet. You oh, guys think Field is nice, but I'm here to tell you that I learned from everything I know from that man. And just so positive. We need more of those in our world. Yes, we sure do. All right, let's talk some week 14 buys. We mentioned it. It's Arizona and Washington. So yep. you probably don't have a lot of your roster on buy this week. Not probably guys not. that you were yeah. starting anyways. Yeah. And if, good matchups for a lot of the quarterbacks too. But yep. Trevor Lawrence would be one that would. I was just going to say, if you had Trevor Lawrence field, we're talking about it and you got to replace him. Waiver wire, week 14 at quarterback is disgusting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but a guy, yeah. who are you picking? It's probably after last it's night. Gar- uh, it's probably Jake Browning, Jake Browning after last night. They play the Colts this weekend in inexperienced cornerback room still. And, you know, you have to be careful, like putting too much stock into one game. We learned that last night because of the fact that we thought after one game as a starter that Jake Brown might have been, you know, burnt like toast. Instead, um, he balled out. And the question is, which version of Jake Browning is real? That's I tend to think when you have two extremes, it nets out somewhere in the middle. But Jake Browning, I would just say this. Relative to other quarterbacks that are available as streamers, he has a, just a teeny tiny touch of rushing ability. And he's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and an offense that, with pieces around him, can be pretty decent. So yep. he will be my pick. Gardner Minshew also on the map with Minshew. It was such a roller coaster. This past week was a good example of it. But they play a ton of snaps per game. Yeah. They throw the football a plenty per game. So um, I think you have a superior option on your roster with quarterbacks that have been trending up like Jordan Love is an example and uh, guys that I think, you know, Matthew Stafford, even in a not great matchup, he's been better of late. I think this is probably a start who you've had in your lineup kind of guy rather than go to waivers. If you can at all help it. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Kyler Murray manager, you probably had a plan pre Kyler, yeah, right? So, yeah, you know. that is very fair. If you do have to roll with a guy we like continue Gardner, continue to Minshew. cycle through quarterbacks. I wonder when That's we get to the end of the season, if we will have started, uh, if it, if it will set the record, we For still have it. Close, yeah. yeah, we're, we're close. That extra week um, helps too, right? I was wondering if Jake Browning, I, I was refreshing my memory that he did play for Washington. I was like, was that University the of Washington? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That yeah. Inspired. Right. That's right. Inspired. Inspired. Right. 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 Yeah. Inspired football because, you know, we shared this hey, stat the previously on the pod fight. and then it was shared again last night by uh, Joe and Troy. Jake Browning threw 91 touchdowns in his mm-hmm. final year of high school football. Yep. I know that there are some gargantuan <laughs> high school football numbers, the Derrick Henry stat line is, as an example, but 91 in like a 12 game season is bonkers. That's like, almost as good as Barry almost, Sanders' final season at Oklahoma State. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But seriously, Jake Browning is incredible if you need a, a quarterback potentially. Was to be incredible able to use last night. Yeah. I feel like, you know, yes. calling him incredible You're is right. like. was incredible last night. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I hope he's incredible going forward. Also, yeah. shout out to Joe and Troy, obviously listening to the podcast, using our stats on the football <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. I got to figure they're both big fantasy guys on top yeah. of the <laughs> Definitely. Here's oh, them. There's, sure. there's meat this week on the running back waiver wire bone. Yep. yep. I think, I, think, I think there's one guy that if I need someone this, if you need week 14, right now, if I'm looking yeah. at waiver wire. There's one no if ands, or buts about it. Correct. There's a guy you start this week, and then I want to talk about some guys as you're loading up for maybe the playoffs yeah. field. You want some high upside guys? But All right, so let's this start week, with this It's got to be Zeke, right? It's Zeke Elliott, uh, who, of course, will take over for Ramondre Stevenson as the Patriots start your money back on Thursday night. This team is dedicated to running the football because they can't pass it right now. All jokes aside, they're a very run-heavy team. And by the way, 
pretty effective running team so far this season. They have the fifth best run block win rate this year, so they can run the ball in New England. Um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers team that they play on Thursday night probably not going to be playing with like a 20-point lead unless the Patriots implode offensively and T.J. Watt returns a touchdown off of an interception or a strip sack Possible. or something like that. Zeke has been good this year, too. Like, I know the Patriots are bereft of bright spots on offense for the most part. Zeke has been one of them. Last week, Ty Montgomery was active, played a little bit. We have not seen Michael Hasty play yet for the Patriots. I would suspect that on Thursday night that Kevin Harris will be promoted from the practice squad. But I think the reaction that I just saw from the room was like, yeah. who, who, and who? <laughs> uh, it's it's the Zeke show on Thursday night. Yes. Yeah. yes, that's right. Former yeah. Niner, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is it'll be a heavy dose of Zeke on Thursday night. 21 touches this game. Yep, 69% of the snaps this past Oof. week. I think we'll see Montgomery in probably like that third down role, but Zeke should get the, uh, the, the bevy of the work of the backs. And you mentioned that the Patriots are running a bunch over the last four weeks since week 10. Patriots are averaging 33 carries per game that's the fourth highest clip in the nfl when your quarterbacks are as bad as they are all you want to do is run the football field and we said this that yesterday on the show but it's so crazy that you have to repeat it they've allowed the fewest points in the entire nfl crazy. over their past four games and they're zero and four that's like we're not talking good defense <laughs> we're talking elite defense they're yeah. allowing i think 10.5 points per game it's, they did not play like, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen every week of those four, but still like, no, they played Justin, Justin Herbert, Herbert who's really yeah. good. Right. And like that Colts offense, which as we know, can score points in bunches, yes, the giants, not so much, but yep. still it's, it's not the defense. That's the problem. It's the offense, but the running game is the only thing they have going for them right now. Other names for this week, Daniel, I'll just quickly mention, we talked about Derrick Henry earlier, Tajay Spears, obviously the next man up, the only other Titan running back to carry the football even once this season besides Derrick Henry will monitor the Henry injury. The first update will come on Thursday as they play on Monday night. Sounds like there's a chance Derrick Henry will be available. Yeah, if that's I think the there's, case. it sounds like there's a good one. Yeah, good yeah. chance. Mm -hmm. So, but that would be more of a just in case ad for Tajay Spears. Yep. And then do you want to do the two commanders right now? We can do the two. I want to ask you if you are, if you're looking at this for the future, because you don't know if you're grabbing Tajay Spears, that's not a guarantee you're going to get fantasy points out of him this week in the way no, it's, it's not, not like full-time starter fantasy points, right? Because yep. we're not sure yet. So when I look at him, Tajay's a guy that I definitely think needs to be added. I also feel like he's sort of in that same Chase Brown role. Though. Like Both of those guys are, even if you can't use them this week, for what you're doing for the fantasy playoffs, there's upside in those running backs for the second half of your playoff push. Let's talk about some of, and I'll try to do this off the top of my head, some of the most important insurance backs in the NFL that aren't already rostered in a bunch of leagues. Zeke, probably near the top, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. given the fact that he's available in so many leagues. Tajay Spears, extremely valuable. Yep. Chase Brown would be very valuable. Um, I'm going to try and pull a few more Other up. names that might come to mind, we'll talk about Antonio Gibson in just a second with Brian Robinson currently dealing with a hamstring injury. But like, those are some of the names that I think are important to keep in mind right now. I guess Tyler Algier to a degree if something happened to Bijan. But Algier is probably rostered in the decent clip of leagues. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, the Elijah Mitchell would be one out in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Safari Free for mentioning it. But that's the point, is that like <laughs> you're at the juncture of the season where bye weeks are you know for thirty out of thirty two teams behind us. Yep. That if you don't like if you're just sitting there with like three receivers that don't play for you on your bench and you'd rather grab a backup running back who, if he has to start, would have a big role, go for it. By the way, Elijah so Mitchell could actually be valuable anyway because the 49ers schedule is such if they play like they have been you could you could do worse than elijah mitchell I know, even uh, if mccaffrey's playing it's just hard because with philly still having a game up advantage and dallas being right there as well i think think this race is going to go all the way to week 18 and i feel like 
the incentive for that first round buy would be strong enough that maybe CMC will keep humming. But if they pulverize the team and they're up by 25 at halftime, which they just did to Philly, maybe Elijah Mitchell does just get saying, some, they, some, they had their, some Their schedule is favorable. It is. Sorry, yeah, Seahawks. Not bad at all. Stefania's already booking her tickets for playoff you know, games. Yeah. Listen, um, I know better. Mitchell is just another guy. Like I, I, I feel like another it's insurance end, back. Of, yeah. end of, end of mm-hmm. bench stash there. But we're going to talk about the commanders running backs. They're on bye this week. They are, yeah. Right? Part of the reason why we're talking about them, Stefania Brian Robinson came down with a hamstring injury in the middle of this one. Right. And Hopefully all the, not. Right. Impactful. Well, here's the thing. When you see... The, a lot of times there's this... Uh, a delay between when we hear that a player has been removed from the game, they go into questionable to return. Brian hamstring was uh, Brian hamstring. <laughs> Look, this is what's happening to me in week 14. Uh, Brian Robinson was ruled out fairly quickly. And I have it at halftime. Yeah. And I, that's why I always, uh, that makes me a little more nervous. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Cause nothing happened. Like you finished the first half, went in for halftime and then they were like, you're done. So, right. And so it's, yeah, it's not definitive. a ton of information, but yeah. you're, that's what, the kind of thing that you work off of when you're trying to gauge things. Yeah. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was not going back out. Yep. Uh, yeah. Antonio Gibson would be the lead back for the commanders if Robinson's unavailable in week 15. I do think, though, that Chris Rodriguez will have enough of a role. 10 carries with minimal passing game utilization. Yeah. But he will carry the ball a decent amount because I do think they like Antonio Gibson in that passing game role. It's one of his strengths as a former college wide receiver. I would like for them to like it a little bit more yeah. if I can speak that into existence. Yeah. That's one of the things that we would love. That like, was can, one of something in the preseason that they teased us with yeah. that it was actually going to happen this year. I was thinking the same thing. Like, is this what it takes? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Can I rip through waivers so that we can get to your stop, drop and roll? Yeah, let's do it, man. Okay. If you wide need receivers, receivers to them. Yeah. yeah. So Curtis Samuels on by. So not, Obviously, no utility for this week, but of course, he has been much, much more productive than Terry McLaurin over the past couple of weeks. Things I was not hoping to say at week 14 of the NFL season. Three weeks inside the top 20, another week inside the top 25. I mean, I don't... Listen, you need a dart throw. There's a reason why you can trust Sam him. Sam Howell continues to lead the NFL in passing attempts. Someone's yep. got to catch the ball. Curtis Samuel on the radar. Elijah Moore had 12 targets this past week for the Browns. Mari Cooper, of course, now in the concussion protocol. That puts Moore into a, a you know a primary wide receiver role within this offense. Yes, they want to run the football a ton, but Joe Flacco opened up that passing yeah, game pretty sure. impressively this past week. Threw weekend. the ball down. Yeah. A lot yeah. of air yards there. So I wouldn't be surprised if Moore has another eight-target game. That's useful in week 14. And then Jonathan Mingo, who's got back-to-back-to-back back-to-back-to-back-to-back games, so four straight games of at least six targets, six catches, 69 yards. He now leads the NFL in terms of targets without a touchdown this season. So uh, finding the end zone is difficult for basically every Panthers player. That being (laughs) said, Jonathan Mingo on the radar if you are playing in a PPR league because the volume is pretty good. And then I'll mention two tight ends. Brevin Jordan for the Texans stepped into the role for Dalton Schultz last week. He did have three catches pass. He is a very athletic guy. So that helps for big play upside. He plays with CJ Stroud. They play the jets this weekend. If you're going to throw against the jets, you prefer not to throw it to the wide receivers because of sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Yep. And then Harrison Bryant. I mean, just in case, like maybe he and Joe Flacco, like, I don't, did he like most targets he he's had all season? Joe Flacco. Like when Joe moved to Cleveland, like, is that the reason why he had five catches for, 47 yards and a touchdown this past week? Maybe. Most Reminder, tar- he was the John Mackey Award winner given to the best college football tight end yeah. the year prior to Trey McBride. Wow. Okay. A little fun fact for you. Uh, I actually really like that Harrison Bryant, five targets. I, I like the idea that 
at least you're seeing some sort of uptick in usage there. Although I'm just nervous about Joe Flacco. I, I realize he's out there doing stuff, but I, it, it makes me nervous to trust a Browns he, pass catcher. At least he'll push the ball down the field. Yes, he will. That so he's, he's their number two tight end. You and, certainly have probably have better options there. Um, you know, Michael Mayer is back from a bye this week. Tucker Kraft from the Packers, you know, and, with still no Luke Musgrave and the way that Jordan Love is playing. Dallas Goddard could be back. Dallas Goddard, yep. So that yeah, I, I, actually the think, I actually think that there's a really good chance that he's back against yep. the Cowboys. Seems big, to be their big plan. game for the Eagles. Totally. What about Darren Waller? Last one I'll ask. And I, this was not on the sheet. Yeah. I'm totally bringing this up last minute. Is there a chance he's able to return? I so mean, he's technically eligible. He's te- right, right. He's technically eligible, but as somebody who had some investment in, yeah. in Darren Waller and given the fact that he's now had injuries to both hamstrings and it's been problematic it's not where i'm not where you want not where i'm investing my my Uh, chances the tea leaves are moving towards the playoffs and the tea leaves are pointing towards another week at minimum that's where they are pointing towards right now to see uh worth noting that the giants who placed darren waller and tyrod taylor on ir at the exact same time announced yesterday that tyrod taylor has been designated to return no word on darren waller doesn't guarantee he won't play this week but you kind of just Stack that on top of some of the stuff yeah. that I continue to hear. And I think week 15 is a more likely target than week 14, but we'll see. We should also Even be- so, I would go back to just what, with his history and, and uh, how difficult this particular injury has been for him. Yeah. I wouldn't feel great about starting him in your fantasy, in my playoffs. fantasy playoffs. Yeah. yeah it's a, t- it's a tricky fair. one because you're That's right. Fair. It's not like, it's not like it's been great. I think that like, it's a matter of how you view it. If you view it through the prism of like what you use to invest in him, doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. If you view it through the prism of like it's him or maybe Harrison Bryant, it feels a little bit more optimistic. <laughs> sure. you know I mean? sure. So it's kind of how you yeah, look at you're it. Gonna, Silver linings. Yeah. Listen, I know these are choices I am making yeah. as we speak. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, wait until you at least know that he's been practicing fully. And I, I just don't feel that that we're going to get a good vibe on that. Yeah. Oh, yep. We're supposed to see Justin Jefferson back this week too, aren't we? That we are. With the bye week last sure week, are. hopefully, yep. ideally, we get him back now in that, our fantasy lineups. That will be something. It'll be a fun one. Gosh, I hope it's not too little too late for everybody out there. I know, but, right? Uh, love to see it. All right. We're, we're going to dive into though. a new segment Let's this week called Stop, Drop, or Roll. Here's the <laughs> premise of this field. We're going to stop okay. putting them in our fantasy lineups. We're going to drop them completely from our roster, or we're going to roll with them in our starting lineup and play them in week 14. Is there an option to dop them? I don't know what that would oh. mean, but dop them. I think I think I need to come up with like a move. Dops, like a dab, stop, like a drop, dab. and roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got to figure that part that. out. Okay. No, I can't copy Something that. original. Let's start with Austin Eckler. Stefania, this one has been tough. We'll just go quickly yeah, no, around everybody. It's been tough, but he's Austin Eckler. And go back to the old, uh, how would you, would you feel worse if you didn't start him and he's on your bench and went off or that you um, put him in and he was un Austin Eckler-like? I'm rolling with Austin Eckler. Can't find a way to get him outside my top 20. I got to roll with him again this I've week. I've got him as RB13, the lowest he's been in a long time, but I am rolling with Austin Eckler, perhaps a bit begrudgingly. Good yeah. matchup, though, against the Char- I guess yep. the Broncos. What about A.J. Dillon? We've seen some fair A.J. Dillon recently field. Yep, stop. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, Aaron Jones is available on Monday night. Even without that, though, back-to-back-to-back opportunities yeah. for A.J. Dillon without Aaron Jones. The best output? 11.1 fantasy points. Not so great. in a great role, he still has not capitalized at all. So I am stopping. Love the player. Love the, uh, he's a great character. He's certainly been an important part of their offense, but for fantasy purposes, a uh, better real player than he is a fantasy player. It's crazy how little touchdown equity AJ Dillon has given all the things that scored makes in the past think, three games. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. What about Deandre Swift? 
This one has been a tough one. Right now for me, I'm at stop. They really? get the Cowboys this week. I have him outside the top 25. This one's been really tough for me. He's right on that edge. If you needed him as a like a rolling, as a flex play, yep. I would understand it for me. Where are you at, Field? I'm at rolling, uh, and maybe it's a flex play, but just because of the scarcity of running backs and some of the injuries that we are currently dealing with right now for guys that are on a buy or, or not on a buy, I am rolling along because... This Eagles offense still has some upside. He had 80 rushing yards just a week ago, right? So he's a very talented guy in an awesome offense. And you wonder if this past Sunday will serve as a gut check for Philadelphia and spurn them to big days offensively going forward. Uh, he needs to get in the end zone, though, right? He I mean, because he's time. not getting pass catching usage in the same way that we knew. Minimally. From, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's part of it. 80. You talked about it. He had 80. 80 yards two yep. weeks ago, but only 9.4 fantasy points because if he doesn't get in the end zone, not catching passes. I want to see more from that. Don't love the matchup this week against Dallas, which is why I have him as a stop rather than a roll. Interested to see how that one will work. Field, what about Hollywood Brown? This one has been really difficult since Kyler Murray came back. Yep. He has not looked like the Hollywood Brown that we thought he was going to So be. I'm going to go with stop, but the potential for a drop if you really need a spot this week. He's on a pie, and yep. as I mentioned earlier, three games in the past four, he has two, one, and zero targets. Oof. The passing game right now runs through Trey McBride. And even though Kyler has returned and the team has played well, they got a big win this past Sunday. He has not been a particularly prolific passer. So stop with the potential to drop if you must. All right, Stefania, what about Tyler Lockett? You know what Tyler Lockett's game is. It is so boom bust. How are you approaching him this week in week 14? Stop, drop, or roll? You're 49ers. <laughs> I know playing against them. I, I, I know. And that's why I'm like, I feel like whatever I say, I'm going to be jinxed by it. Here's the thing. The Seahawks always play the 49ers tough, uh, regardless of how the records uh, respectively stand at least five receptions and three of the last four games. I still think there's volume potential for Tyler Lockett. Um, I think the floor is decent. I don't think the ceiling's very high. That's sure. the problem. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be with the matchups that they have left. So it depends what you need. That's literally what I have written on my sheet. You, you know what? I, we are I'm so in sync. It depends on what you need. So if you need a baseline of the, those minimum, you know, that handful of targets with whatever yardage comes with it and you're okay with that number of points. Okay. But don't count on anything more than that. Anything else is icing. I like the idea of when I, to me, he's not a start this week. He's a stop with the idea field that if you look at your projections and you're in a must win spot mm -hmm. and you need a wide receiver, that's going to give you that 25 point game that you're talking about. Tyler Lockett has the ability to get there, okay. but he also has a very low floor and we've seen it a bunch. Yep. So when I'm looking at this, I think this week, it's a lot about what you need in week 14. Fair enough. Yeah. So you're saying he is a stop. He's a stop for me unless I need a big game with the, you know, cause I'm projected to be outscored by a lot. Yep. Um, what about you on, on Chris Godwin? We talked about him last there yesterday. Yeah. Stop. No catches. Stop. Zero catches. He had a, uh, not, he was playing a ton. I know he was banged up, but he had I a rushing know. touchdown. It was weird. He, uh, I mean, he played his normal role. He just didn't catch the ball. I know that. But he also, he did nothing during the week. And he hasn't, he consistently, it's been the Mike Evans show in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because when Brady was there, I felt like that was so much an elevation but, yeah. of Godwin. And we just haven't seen it. That's yeah. just not happening this year. So uh, I think the combination of him, you know, he's, it's a neck injury. So I know, he, I know he played, but... I'm so worried about that. I mean, yeah. he was a question mark up until the very end. So even though he, you know, kind of lucked out, got through the game, I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried about the fact that Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to want to throw to him. Well, um, he last had 10 or more fantasy points in week nine. I was just going to say, yeah. 
this it's year. He has two weeks inside week the top eight, 25. Yeah. Two weeks as exactly. a top 25. Bad. Yep. Yeah. That's Do you brutal. remember when nobody wanted to, to touch Mike Evans in fantasy? Yes, in I the, do. That pre-season? was a big mistake. We talked about that yesterday a little yeah. bit. How we I don't think fade I stars. It's, don't it's fade so, stars. Like and usually thought. we say that, but... But he was really unpopular on. Fa- I remember mm-hmm. I got him in Scott. Yeah, but what has he like done over the, the last like ten round. years, Stefania? I, mean, I know. Good point. I, I know. Mean, it's crazy. Resume? Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, let's stop calling thirty-year-old people old. old. Yeah, I'm yeah with that's you a Mike Clay. <laughs> Talk to Mike on yeah, that. that is <laughs> Mike is the. He's the ageist around here. Oh, well, I've got I've got a laundry list. Like Tyreek Hill's twenty-nine. So when he starts his like Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy. In the NFL. That makes him droppable. At 29. At 29 it makes him drop. Like, if you play in a league with me, you should be trading me Tyreek King right <laughs> yes, now. I agree. Right now. I agree with that. Because we are If all, you don't, it's, it's offensive. I'm all yeah. chips in on the over 30 crowd. <laughs> yeah. I'll go. I'll stack my roster with the Mike Evans and the Tyreek Hills. That's so good. Uh, Field, where are you at on Jerry Judy? Stop, but very droppable as well. I mean, th- these guys, I think we're in the same kind of category here with Chris Godwin, Jerry Judy, Tyra Lockett is that like... You know, they're going to be rostered in more than 50% of leagues for the rest of seasons. Uh, name equity goes a long way, but what's the upside in Jerry Judy unless one thing changes? Cortland Sutton gets hurt? Uh, nope. Uh, Sean Payton talked about how he feels like Russell Wilson is leaving plays out there for Jerry Judy. And there were several this past Sunday against Houston where it looked like Jerry Judy was wide open down the field and Russell Wilson just did not look his way. So unless Russ takes that criticism or that comment to heart, it's going to end up being another frustrating rest of the season for Jerry Judy. Last year, though, he shredded down the stretch, so I would keep him in uh, on my roster, but out of my lineup for right now. Interesting. Yep. Jerry Judy needs to go to more of Russell Wilson's Bible studies, I think, is what that needs to happen. <laughs> Could be. We need to make that work. Here's a serious question, though. I actually have Jerry Judy as a drop field, and in part because of you. Because um, yesterday when we were talking, it was like, what's his path to 20 fantasy points, right? You want to know, like, what is that upside? Yeah, that would be the, it would just be if, if Russ says, Starts okay, Sean, the you're a good point. Like, or Sean says, the, maybe rather than leaving it up to Russ, I derive some of these big shot plays for Jerry Judy myself. Sure. I mean, in that game against Houston, Russ had like three, at minimum, three plays where literally it was like, take the snap look left and just throw the ball as far as he possibly could to Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you just call that same play, but for Jerry Judy for Jerry on the Judy. opposite side and hope for the best man to man coverage. You just beat him. What's Jerry Judy's highest finish this year. Do I'm going to go with like wide receiver 22 <laughs> wide receiver 29. Wow. That's highest highest. He's never been higher than wide receiver 29. Yep. Bad. Yeah. Not been great for Garrett Wilson. I have Garrett Wilson as a role, but he is the very end. You know, that doctor that graduates the end of their class, <laughs> yeah. but is still a doctor. That's Garrett. Yeah. Wilson for me. I don't know that. I'm sure Stefania would know. Is there a name for that person? The opposite of valedictorian? Exactly. MD. Doctor is the name for that person. Good call. But that's where I'm at with, like, he... I don't know. I, I don't know how I go and away from not, I, I feel bad even using that analogy know, because he's so it. good. Yeah. And it's not his fault. He's like a, he's a desperation flex play for me. It's just, <sighs> he's like Jamar Chase, right? You see the talent. You know he's there. The difference is I just want them to throw the ball to Garrett Wilson 12 yeah, times a game. Yeah, but you've got to have somebody who can throw the ball. And I now understand. they may that, not have they, any quarterbacks. Right. I was just going to say, at least I think the person who's in the. It, it should be the quarterback who's in quarterback school, but still that's gets a QB yeah, <laughs> or at yeah. the bottom of the Crazy. class. Yeah. That's what they have. And that's why Garrett Wilson cannot thrive. 
It's so Garrett bad. Wilson is the patient so who's getting taken care of. That's right. Uh, by the doctor. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. All right. Last uh, one here. Stefania, Adam Thielen. He looked fantastic. I'm tired and punchy is what I am. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, you stopping, dropping, or are you still rolling with Adam Thielen this week? Uh, probably still rolling. I, I still, I, the, the volume has been fairly consistent. 10 plus targets in four of his last seven games. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he, it's just not been exciting, yeah, but it's yeah. been consistent. It's a quiet two game stretch. What you really need is you need um, the Panthers to get back to being really bad. Mm-hmm. Like you need them to like, I mean, right. like not so playing bad close. That they, right. Like that they, they need were down to like, by heave the ball down the field. Down right, right, field right, right, right. So yep. that we have more than 200. They do play some years. juggernaut offenses in the Saints and yep. Falcons coming <laughs> up. So we'll probably get that. <laughs> Loaded for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Gosh, good call. That yeah, definitely. Makes me nervous. <laughs> Can you imagine being a fan of the NFC North right now? I South, be, but yeah. South. Sorry, that's <laughs> NFC North. Yeah, yeah well, I'm on See, too. you too. That's right, yeah. yeah. Dude, this, sometimes it happens this way. But, so you're uh, saying there's a chance. Shout that's out to what the they all say in the Shit. NFC yep. South, yeah. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, well, Wednesday. You don't want to tell people about how the fact that you guys have already clinched a spot in our show league? Oh, shoot, we got a show league. Well, I didn't want to brag. <laughs> I kind of felt bad well, about it. Well, you and Stefania... I guess me technically, but uh, we now have these six teams in our uh, show league. It's all technical. Of course, uh, so Daniel and Stefania. We don't have a committee voting us in, do we? That's a good point. No, well, here's here's what I mean is that Daniel and Stefania locked in. Uh, Daniel uh, has a very good shot at the two seed. Stefania competing for the third seed. Meanwhile, I am fifth or sixth seed, depending on what happens this weekend. The only way that I miss the playoffs is if I go 0-2 and, and Liz Loza leapfrogs me by going 2-0, and which would mean winning her individual matchup and outscoring my team by 100 points this weekend. So, oh, wow. Absent a miracle, I am in, but crazy things happen in fantasy football. So, yes. Um, Can I speak about one of those crazy things? Go for it. Yeah, if you look at that list, it was just up on the screen. Mike Clay is at the bottom of it. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, you're right. It's mm-hmm. Eric Moody. Mike Clay's yeah. 11th. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on not being last. Yeah, but Mike. his team is trending up with recent performances from Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson. Christian Watson. I mean, Christian, that Watson. Was, that Christian Watson is his downfall. <laughs> that, really is. Really, that really yeah. is. So uh, my team, but I, I really can't brag. The wrong my team wagon. Started, yeah, I'm 10 and 0 to start. And I am three and 13 cents. Do you wow. need a pep talk? Uh, yes, need I need many talk? of them. Yeah, we need to yeah. So I'm going to, like, I am the definition of the NFC South this year. That's I got I pummeled at the beginning. I was the 49ers Rounding in the first quarter. Four. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of got my game on. You know what it was? It was uh, <laughs> Dallas Goddard. Like, I was carried by the Dallas Goddard and Cowboys defense early. And um, Raheem Mostert, who was mm-hmm. carrying my squad for a while. He has been so good, but not as good of yeah. late. I'll tell you what. I want to give some flowers. Trophy Smack has crushed it this yeah, year. Shout awesome. out to uh, Trophy Smack because they have been unreal. But Field G8s right now, they are 24-2. and two. Yeah. They actually haven't lost a game. The only losses that they have are because... They were in the second half. This is victory points. They're in the yep. second half of the league. That's unbelievable. To That's crazy. 12 and 0 head to head so far. I look at their, you know, I I, I do I don't know why yeah. I do this to myself, but I like to go in leagues and see on the scoreboard like what kind of points they're putting up. Mm-hmm. When I go in the show league and I see some of the ridiculous totals that oh, Trophy Smack yeah. has. I it's like that little um uh, gif with the baby who like runs in and then runs and back then runs out. Back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like cute. see it scared. I mean, I don't want to play Trophy Smack or Metalcore, or you, frankly, yeah, with your high scoring. But you're okay with playing me. 
Yeah, because yeah, I, like, I already yeah. beat you. <laughs> Probably. I mean, yeah, my, yeah. my team has lived in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Field, you are set up right now to potentially be the New York Giants taking down the juggernaut New England Patriots in the Super Ooh. Bowl, right? All right. I mean, they got an undefeated possibly. season for Trophy Smack. I mean, we'll see if you get past Stefania and I, but. I know out. it's one of the, I mean, I'm joking. I, I beat Fields team before, but this is one of those when they get to the playoffs, like that you previous never know. game doesn't matter, right? You never know, baby. Momentum. Back you to zero. Know. Shout out to my dude, JB Brubaker, Metalcore Fantasy. I love that the guy that I brought in the league is in third place. That makes me His feel so good. His team is really good. good. I think crushing he it. Jerk. beat me Wait, good job. soundly. He's very good at, P- yeah. I'll tell you what, he's, and he's huge into fantasy baseball too. Big, uh, he's a, just a big fantasy guy all around. Shout out to you, JB. Thank you for uh, last, last thing. Next week, we'll have a Veterans League update. As of course, this being the final week of the regular season right. means Damn. we start our playoffs I'm getting in the Veterans bottom League. bottom kicked in that Well, league. that's okay, because you know what? Unless you're in the top four in your conference, you're not oh. making the playoffs right. anyways. Yeah, but I'm happy for, like, it has been hugely competitive in my, oh, my little group. No doubt. Uh, except for me. I haven't except been very you. competitive at all. But <laughs> okay. um, shout out to... All my veterans who have been. They've been amazing. They have have been been uh, what it's all about. So uh, a big update next week because uh, with four teams from each league plucked into the playoffs, we have a sort of an unconventional playoff setup because it would be very difficult uh, to condense 24 leagues with four teams apiece into a head-to-head format unless we started the playoffs in like week two. I was going to say. Or unless we had a committee. But right. we don't. We don't. We so don't. luckily, yeah. this is going to stand on record. All right. There you have it. Can we just say that Mike Clay would be the committee? Because everyone already doesn't like him anyways. It's just <laughs> wow. an easy one to spot in there. Mike, Florida State, Clay. That's <laughs> all that now going forward. Mike cuts down slash That's Florida so State. Yeah. All right. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Bye, Make sure that you follow Field on the X. Follow Stefania on the X. My name is Daniel Top. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. Get in your waiver claims. And we will see you tomorrow for a big ranking show. Yay. Peace. Good luck in that final push. Yes. Oh my gosh, where did the time go? She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice that we really trust She's your favorite gal She's the fun you pay